Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. We got a full days of Bachelor content for you today. This is Bachelor Rush Hour. Oh, shoot. That's right. We got some Christmas trap music for you today. Just a couple days left before old St. Nick's going to be sliding down your chimneys. No metaphor there, folks. All right, you're done getting your shopping. You know, um, let me tell you something. Yesterday, after we recorded yesterday's uh, podcast, uh, my wife Tasha and I decided to go to a mall. We thought, hey, you know what? It's Monday afternoon. We're going to sneak into a mall. No one's going to be there. And then we circled the parking lot for half an hour trying to find parking spaces. A bunch of people with their mouth-breathing brats trying to find last-minute deals at Home Goods. Let me tell you something. It was... Uh, pretty wild sight out there in Southern California. But hey, you get what you pay for, and we waited till that last minute to go find a few deals, and the deals were dealt. How you doing? Alrighty, and as we know yesterday, Chris Harrison announced he's got a new ba- a new podcast coming out called The Most Dramatic Podcast Ever, and we'll have to see if that's true. January 9th, 2023, but it was promoted today. That is now number one on all trailers for new podcasts coming out. So a good start to the new year for old Chrissy Hare, Chrissy Harrison over there. Um, made three videos today. Two of those will be translated to you guys in audio form. The first, a Chris Harrison uh, video. And then second, we have Susie and Clayton possibly talking again. Could it be? Oh, yeah. Let's see if uh, Santa brings them something special for Christmas. Maybe he can sit on her lap. Okay, I don't know. Santa can sit on her lap. She can sit on Santa's lap. Santa being the aforementioned Clayton. All right, speaking of sitting on laps, grab a uh, cold beverage or a warm one. Make sure to give the podcast a five-star review if you haven't already. Appreciate all the new commenters, people out there. Who's listening? Where are you? Leave a review on your iPhones. Spotify, wherever it is, follow it, do what you got to do. Okay, so one of the three pieces of content I'm not going to share with you guys, it's for YouTube only. It's a barrel scraping video. I say that because it's just all over the place. It's a good one, but I'm going to leave that for the YouTube audience. So if you're left wanting more, if you're not quite satiated when it comes to Dave Neal content, I understand. I get it. Totally. Uh, Let me leave you wanting more. But in the meantime, uh, I think we're going to really hit you with this first uh, piece of content with Chris Harrison. Uh, there's a TikTok channel, it's a podcast, um, that was pretty much calling Chris out and saying, why are we letting him back? He's canceled. This means that, that uh, cancel culture doesn't exist, this and that. I'm going to litigate a different perspective for you guys out there and discuss why I think you know, the firing of Chris Harrison really didn't do any good for anybody. We're looking at this scenario from two years later did it uh, prevent anybody from doing anything in the future did it did it facilitate growth and education and um and all that jazz i'm not too sure about that but you'll hear me state my case in this first piece of content coming to you right now i'm dave neal this is bachelor rush hour so as it's been reported in different outlets chris harrison is nervous to share cathartic new bachelor podcast he said i think about this every day and i have to break the fourth wall here and just say that this is probably my sixth time trying to record this and trying to get my words right because while i have no fear of getting canceled from the youtube page my biggest 
concern is to not be mischaracterized for everything I'm about to say and get into, because I do believe that cancel culture does exist. It comes in different forms. There are different levels, different uh, offenses, uh, different ways people have been canceled from different jobs. It exists out there. It's important to discuss, and we can look back and say, hey, was Chris Harrison wronged, or was the punishment, uh, did it meet the crime? And we can have that conversation. I think that's an important thing to do. I think it's the only way we can continue to repair a lot of the damage that's been done by a media that divides us, uh, politics and politicians that divide us. I think the majority of people, probably 80% of us, somewhere in the middle, from left-leaning to right-leaning, all want the same thing, which is harmony, which is equality. And I don't think we're there, but I think we can pursue it and we're going to have that conversation. So two black girls, one rose on TikTok. Give them a follow. They do a great job. They talk about these conversations from their perspective, which is so important. If if Chris Harrison was um, sort of accused of anything, it was that while defending Rachel Kirk Connell, he didn't do a good job um, standing in the shoes of people that would look at it from a different perspective, like how they would have been treated in a scenario like being at an antebellum party in the Deep South. So anyway, let's just listen to this in its entirety. It's 90 seconds, and then I'm going to play a few different clips man who maniacally barked at Rachel Lindsay for 15 minutes on national television while he essentially defended racism. Chris Harrison, remember him? He's back with a new podcast. Let's talk about it. So iHeartRadio has teamed up with Chris Harrison and his production company, proving how white men could be immune to cancel culture, to announce a new slate of TV shows as well as a new podcast called The Most Dramatic Podcast Ever with Chris Harrison coming in January. In the trailer for the podcast, Chris reminds us he has not spoken publicly in two years. Lest we forget, two years ago, Chris went on extra to talk with Rachel Lindsay about photos that emerged of Rachel Kirkconnell at a 2018 Antebellum South, aka slavery, themed college party. Keep in mind, Rachel Kirkconnell herself had not yet addressed the photos at the time. But for some odd reason, Chris Harrison felt so compelled to get on national television during the racial reckoning in America to bark at Rachel Lindsay about how she and the woke police need to have more compassion and grace. Chris also says in the podcast trailer, quote, I think about this every day, truly every day of my life. This being his historic fall from grace after being forced to accept a $10 million payout and resign from the host of The Bachelor after giving the worst apology in the history of apologies live on Good Morning America with Michael Schrader. <laughs> Two lingering questions. What does Chris Harrison now have to say about cancel culture now that he's effectively not been canceled and I'm sure just signed a multi-million dollar deal? How can two unproblematic black women who've talked about The Bachelor for five years and are scandal-free get a deal with iHeartMedia? I'm just asking for a friend. <laughs> Look, give him a deal. Uh, get him that iHeartMedia. First of all, I reject the, the thought, and we'll have to see, that they act, that he's getting paid a multi-million dollar contract. I don't know. I, I My guess is uh, it's something... If I were him, I would want it to be equity based. So I would say it's more on performance and not 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 based money. I don't know. I have no idea. That's just my guess. Where I, if I were him, I'd say I'd rather I'd rather own what I'm creating versus just get a payout because it's like what's anyway. But I don't know. Uh, now to talk though, and we're going to rewind this a little bit about the two lingering questions they asked. The first one she said was, "What does Chris Harrison now have what to say Chris about Harrison cancel culture now?" now have to say about cancel culture now that he's effectively not been canceled. Well, I do reject the premise that he's not been canceled, but it's a really tough conversation to have. I just found this. I don't know. uh, I don't know who Connor Thomas is, but he said, naturally, everyone talking about so-called cancel culture talks past each other, the right and the left, each armed with a different definition of canceling, though getting canceled is very real. Cancel culture is a quintessential undead metaphor. So what is cancel culture? 
That's a lot of times what people ask, like, what is it? And in my views, it's when you get ostracized from the community that you were in because of something you did or said or were attached to. So it's not exactly you'll never get to work again. So when she says um, he's immune to cancel culture, to use the term immunity, that's like saying if someone get, if someone doesn't die, then they never got sick. Do you know what I mean? So it's like he has the flu, but he didn't die. So he's immune to the flu. No, he got the flu. He, he got crapped his pants. He had the flu. He was very sick. So Chris Harrison lost money. Sure, he signed a, uh, a deal when he left for $9 million. But uh, let, let's just assume the show lasts another 10 years and he was making $4.5 million a year. That's $45 million he would have made for the next 10 years. Now, it could that, that show could last a, a lot longer. It could have other spinoffs. The butterfly effect of the money he lost far exceeds what he was paid out. I'm not saying he didn't deserve it or look, he was in a position where he could get fired. I always preach owning whatever like platforms or content you're on. I don't own YouTube, but I own my, my voice over here. And it's a little bit harder to fire me because it's not one person who can make a decision. Right. Um, so I, I guess we live in a world where that's why people are going to Substack and having their own platforms. I'm not a Ben Shapiro fan. But he does have his own platform, The Wire. It would be very hard to cancel him because he's got subscription-based content, okay? So when you exist in a um, sort of like either a public trading company or a company that has to report to its uh, its audience in a certain way, like say uh, ABC does, you don't get to say the same things that someone who works at Netflix might get to say when they don't, uh, you know, they obviously have to report to their fan base, but it's a subscription-based model, so it's different. So anyway, a lot of times... We we have this talk about cancel culture and we have people on the right conservatives that are like I'm anti cancel culture and then uh, and if you say you're anti cancel culture people then think that you're a maga or conservative or a certain way and it's important to discuss it in a way more nuanced uh, format which we are going to in a second um so like there's plenty of times where people on the right were pro cancel culture remember when they canceled the dixie chicks that was one of the first cancel culture moments. The Dixie Chicks were speaking out against the war. They were in Europe speaking out against uh, President Bush at the time. Their CDs were burned. They were completely canceled from the very small group of men who controlled radio, uh, especially in the country music market. Colin Kaepernick essentially would have been canceled for taking a knee in a silent protest, probably the best way you could protest. Uh, police brutality it was made to look like he was protesting the troops. He was protesting police brutality. And in, in return, Nike attached to him was also canceled. Ellen DeGeneres came out of the closet and was canceled. Uh, so the list goes on and on. So to say that one side's pro-cancel culture or one side's against cancel culture, we have to reject that too. And I know that's not what our friends over here are saying, the two black girls, one rose. I know they're not saying that. But in discussing cancel culture, I just reject the premise that he wasn't effectively canceled because another company has now hired him. So let's just listen to the first couple of minutes of the actual interview that they had, which was fascinating. It was 13 minutes long, which is an eternity for this type of content, but it still could have been easily a longer podcast where they didn't have, you know, where he wasn't interrupting Rachel. But we'll get to the moment in which that he probably lost his job. Just have a listen. What are your thoughts about Rachel Kirkinell and the allegations attached to her? A couple of things. First and foremost, I don't know. Um, I haven't talked to Rachel about it. And, and this is, again, where we all need to have a little grace, a little understanding, a little compassion, because I've seen some stuff online again this judge jury executioner thing where people are just tearing this girl's life apart and diving into like 
her parents and her parents voting record. And what so he basically says, just wait for her to talk. That was kind of his thing. Now, Chris, in my, in my eyes, my theory has been that he's speaking on behalf of the show. He's always gone and spoken on behalf of the show. But of course, in, in this moment, what has worked in the past has now not worked following wild uh, tent excuse me, wild tension in the United States following, uh, obviously, the, the George Floyd incident and others uh, when the pandemic began, all the civil unrest. That didn't come out of nowhere. That came out of years of police brutality that always existed. We just didn't have body cam footage and cell phone footage. So it really brought it to the forefront. And people might say, these problems have existed for a long time. I agree. The, the antebellum parties have been a problem for a long time. The issue, though, isn't that they were a problem for the long time. It's that a lot of people, they weren't exposed or at least had not made, been made conscious to the issues because it didn't affect them. And that's just the way things work. You don't know what you don't know. And we've talked about that for a long time. I've admitted being from Rhode Island, maybe maybe from my own ignorance, not understanding what an antebellum party was or even what antebellum South was. And it kind of got to a point where it's like, if you didn't know what this was, you're part of the problem. And I agree, Con like subconsciously, if we don't know, we're all a part of the problem. But at some point, we have to blame our education system. We have to we have to look at the different ways in which uh, government is stopping us from learning the true history of how our country was founded. And that exists out there. There, there, there exists the people in the South that say, I never learned about this. And I know this from such a personal level, speaking to people. We never learned this. We, we, heard the, we, we learned the Confederacy was about states' rights. It's always about states' rights. you know. But of course, it's not. It's about something much bigger than that. So on the four-minute mark is where Chris loses his job. You're going to listen to this right here. And this is when he brings in woke police, which unfortunately is just a lazy way to discuss what's actually going on. People. Plenty of people who will do that for us in this world right now. I don't know. Like, do you do you go tear all those places down and and, and tear up the dirt and and dig deep enough that it erases it? I don't know. Um, you know, when you see San Francisco erasing Lincoln and erasing Washington and erasing people because of what they stood for 180 years ago. And when we talk about these issues, they're so complicated. Should we be tearing statues down? Some, yes. Statues that were erected uh, during the civil rights movement that were made to intimidate people. Statues like Robert E. Lee in, in, in states where he would have had no reason to have a statue. We, we don't need those standing and being erected and hastily made with cheap quality because they just want to intimidate others. That's, yes, I do believe those types of statues should be torn down, but I think it's very complicated to talk about because it's a much larger thing like well they're tearing down all the statues which ones the ones that went up um in the night you know what i mean so it's a tough conversation to have um as you guys know and i've talked about this rachel kirkconnell has said recently just in this last year she's finally done her own podcast where she says i was pushed not to speak and this is something i had hypothesized and we believed the whole time bachelor star rachel kirkconnell admits producers manipulated her into hiding behind her apology we know rachel Lindsay is very well known in the bachelor world she's a lawyer so she knows how to read a contract and she's also been a lead so she knows that 
that the show can't legally stop you from talking. But as we know time and again, the, the contestants, they don't have PR reps at this point. She's only been on the show. She hasn't done the media circus yet. So she's being advised by producers not to talk. Don't worry. Don't talk, Will. It'll be fine. Just wait a minute. We're going to release it. They wanted her to release a written statement. Finally, she broke down and had a nine-minute conversation with her audience, which was the most important and probably best thing she's ever done, not just for her, but for the conversation at large. We need to have these conversations. Even if it's a white man wearing flannel with bed bedhead needs to talk about these things because I might connect to an audience that might not unfortunately listen to two black girls. And that's what it comes down to when it's like, why should we have some white guy having this conversation? We all need to have this conversation so that we can move forward because we can't just strip everyone from every job title, every every place they have in society, because people like Chris Harrison will just run to their country clubs and think they're martyrs for a cause that's not actually helping people versus what I hope will happen is that Rachel Lindsay and Chris Harrison on his podcast or on hers will have a deeper conversation about what we're went wrong there and how they can kind of work their way out of it. So a uh, couple other examples, Emmanuel Acho, uh, you know, obviously replaced um, Chris Harrison on the, I believe after the final Rose episode, this was months before he even got involved in the mess before Chris Harrison lost his job and what uh, Emmanuel Acho had to say about cancel culture to Billy Bush, Billy Bush, of course, uh, canceled effectively, even though he got another job back, he was canceled. He was fired for being a part of the um, Donald Trump behind the scenes, grab her by the P word um, saga. And all Billy Bush essentially did was not um, reject the the rantings of his interviewee. About cancel culture for a second. You know, there's a million examples of it. But how do we get to a place where we all acknowledge this escalating war on human flaws is unsustainable. We're all flawed as human beings. We make mistakes. We say sorry. We decide to get, we should be able, we should be accepted and move on. The canceling of people is frightening because it deepens the divide. It keeps people quiet, afraid to say the truth, and it makes just basically passive aggressive liars out of all of us. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> It's crazy. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I, I haven't listened to this yet. I absolutely hate and abhor cancel culture because cancel culture does not give people the opportunity to grow, develop, evolve. I always say, imagine if those who first thought that the earth was flat and not in fact round, imagine if they were never allowed cancel. to change their opinion. <laughs> cancel them. They said the earth was flat. It's got to be flat. No, we are allowed to change our opinions, grow and evolve. Now, obviously, we don't want political leaders that are racist. We don't want people making policy or head football coaches being right. We don't want those things. Absolutely. Um, so there is a conversation to be had about losing your job over ethics and morals. Absolutely. But the point is that they're making here is where's the the uh, the room for growth? And that's the point that Chris Harrison made. He said, we need to leave room for Rachel Kirk Connell and Rachel Lindsay said, hey, she said six weeks to talk, which I agree should be enough time. But as Rachel Kirk Connell has said, the producers tried to silence her. Here's what Barack Obama had to say about um, about where cancel culture is. He said this only a couple of weeks ago. Uh you know, people just want to not feel as if uh, they are walking on eggshells, uh, and 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 they want some acknowledgement that life is messy, and that all of us, at any given moment, uh, can you know uh, say things the wrong way, you know, 
make mistakes. Uh, Michelle talks uh, about her mother-in-law, or her mother, my mother-in-law, who is a, a extraordinary woman. But as Michelle points out, she's 86, you know, and sometimes, it, you know, trying to get the right phraseology when we're talking about issues, Michelle's like, that's like her trying to learn Spanish. It doesn't mean she shouldn't try to learn Spanish, but it means that sometimes she's not going to get the words right. Uh, and that's okay, right? And, and, and that attitude, I think, uh, of just being a little more real and a little more grounded is, is something that I think makes a, goes a long way in, in counteracting what is a systematic, um, this, the, the systematic propaganda that I think is being pumped out by Fox News and all these other outlets all the time. All right, so clearly he's talking about something very different, but the idea being that, um, and again, walking on eggshells might make light of a situation where I don't think two black girls, one rose, are walking on eggshells. I think they're calling out what they saw as a guy that clearly um, misjudged the situation, the levity that existed around what was happening. And he, by attaching himself to what appeared to be defending someone's actions, to a lot of people, they saw that as just like taking the wrong answer. And I think a conversation could have happened where more evolution could have happened, both personal with Chris Harrison and a side of an audience that now goes, I'll never watch. They, they, the woke culture fired Chris Harrison. And what good do we do if the people whose minds were trying to persuade that equality isn't there yet, that there are still injustices? What good do we do if we can no longer connect with those people? All right, those are my thoughts. Let me know what you think. You can write in, DM me on Instagram, at dneals. And if you haven't already, and I want to, you know, I don't know, uh, throw a few uh, bucks, maybe some bread in my tip jar my way, you can go to patreon.com slash daveneal and sign up for the Patreon community. It's a private membership community where we do private live streams. I share full comedy sets and things I can't really share publicly when I feel like someone's ripped me off. We had a story yesterday, yesterday actually where I felt like I was getting kind of ripped off um, I share all the behind the scenes on negotiating deals how much revenue is being brought in all that stuff if you're thinking about growing a YouTube channel or want to scratch an itch as painful as it may be regarding uh, the behind the scenes look at content creation patreon.com slash Dave Neal well without further ado speaking of drama creation here's uh, Clayton and Susie and where they stand now aka Clacy. So I'm first going to share Susie's Q&A. She did it on Instagram. Great way to build engagement. Everybody wants to know, and I love it because I can always get good info out of it. But I'm going to share some thoughts from her Q&A. Ask me anything dating. I haven't gone out on a date yet, but mostly because every time it comes up, my armpits start sweating and still banking on finding out I'm actually a long-lost princess and I can't date anything but royalty anyways. All right, I see where you're going there. It sounded like a Christmas Netflix movie. Susie loses The Bachelor and then finds out she's royalty and moves to uh you know moldovia or whatever here she is Susie. hi big eyebrow game today update on the date your bestie was talking about okay not really much of a date there how many social media rumors about you having a boyfriend how do you deal with that she said it's exhausting jk i'm so vain i'm so vain i love that this you know i love the attention jk jk i don't see too many rumors about it but it doesn't really bother me either way i feel like the truth usually finds its way out eventually and if it doesn't oh well me having a rumored boyfriend that doesn't exist won't stop me from finding a real boyfriend, at least hopefully. You can't handle it. And we are trying truth. our best to handle it. All right, here's the one we wanted. 
Do you miss your ex? Meh. Haha, <laughs> joking. Of course. He was a wonderful part of my life. But he probably has a lot less gray hairs coming in now that he's got me off his back. I, I think that's a metaphor, although, hey, who knows? Maybe we don't know how they, they operate. But really, of course, I miss him. He was my closest friend for the last year, and we went through a lot together, and I know we will both have a special place in each other's heart, and now that we are back on talking terms, I can go back to roasting him, but you guys still can't, only me. Um, and it said, never before seen photo by John Herzog Photography. We broke up before they could drop. Oh, how sad. They broke up before these cute photos could drop. And on behalf of all of Bachelor Nation, why can't you try to work it out again, Susie? Susie said that she was uh, expecting uh, a certain level of whatever from him. And uh, she said, if someone can't rise to your level, somebody else can. And my thought is, Susie, just lower the level a little bit. That made a lot of people angry. No one should lower their level. No one should lower their expectations. It's like, okay, Pamela, just relax for a second. My point being, if if Clayton is exceeding your expectations in some ways, but not exceeding them in others, pull from the ways in which he's exceeding and bring the... <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you can't get your love well filled, maybe design a way that um, you can get some runoff from some other things into the love well. Okay, just a thought. But then again, of course, if someone really isn't showing up, fine. But Clayton just seems like the type who will go to war for you, Susie. He seems like the type who will go to war for you. And maybe uh, you wanted something, but maybe this isn't exactly what it is. Once in a while, there's personality types, perfectionists, who expect their knight in shining armor to look a certain way and talk a certain way and have this and have that. And then they realize, this isn't the guy I wanted. But maybe it's the guy I needed. We may scrap this whole thing, to be honest. I don't know. Can you imagine if that's how they broke up? We may scrap this whole thing, to be honest. I don't know. Okay, that's my favorite new clip. All right, so anyway, ask me anything. Just moved to a new state. Any advice on how to make new friends? She said she did Bumble BFF when I first moved to Virginia Beach. A lot of girls looking for gym girl friends, which is literally me. I don't know. Do guys do Bumble? Bumble to meet guys? That would be a hard one. Hey, honey, why are you on Bumble? Well, I'm just trying to meet new guy friends, you know? I, we, you know, we actually thought about getting on Tinder back in the day, my my wife and I, to promote our old podcast, because that would be kind of cool. Like, But I was like, yeah, this could probably you know, lead to some weird things. Uh, what are you most looking forward to in 2023? Bringing my business to the West Coast in Mexico. If you know anyone getting married in Palm Springs, California, or Mexico in 2023 that haven't booked video yet, send them my way. Uh, we could have used you, Susie. Who's a new roommate? Uh, so she's got a new roommate coming, and the people are wondering who it is. Could it be Rachel Reckia? I don't think it'll be Rachel or Gabby. Although that'd be an interesting trio. The old gang gets back together. How do you know when it's time to start dating again after a breakup? She said, I feel you. I've always been very generous with the amount of time I give myself before getting back out there. I think it depends on the relationship and your mental health, personal well-being at the end of your other relationship. I once dated a guy that was really manipulative, and I knew he was bad for me, and I was emotionally checked out of the relationship weeks before it ended. It kind of feels like a Victoria thing. I was 20-ish at the time and just had a hard time breaking the ties officially, but I was pretty open to dating fairly quickly after that relationship. Yeah, if you date Mr. Wrong, you're ready to get under Mr. Right. You know what I mean? We may scrap this whole thing. Okay. I wanted to wait over a year to seriously date after breaking up with a really special person. I went on a few casual dates. Yeah, you know, sometimes people can mess you up and you need a lot of free time. And other times it's like, if you're ready to date, mingle, bang, whatever, it's your body, it's your choice, do what you want. Um... You know, you, you know, someone messed you up when you're like, I got to work on myself, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. 
Uh, what countries that you haven't visited would you want to travel to? Ecuador, Brazil, Colombia, Vietnam, Italy, Czech, France, Spain, Greece, Netherlands. I've been to at least 70% of those. And I have to say, Colombia, get to it, Susie. It's affordable to go to. It's amazing. Vietnam, if you can take the time, go there. You know, we're looking at our um, honeymoon right now, and we might go to the Maldives with a stopover in Sri Lanka and possibly Istanbul. It's, I mean, there, th those places are not quite near each other, Sri Lanka is near Maldives, but, uh, you know, to get to Southeast Asia, depending on if we go through Europe or through the Pacific, you know, could be an option, but this isn't a travel show, although it could be. Um, Bachelor in Paradise next year, she said, hopefully I've got a partner in crime of my own by then, and then there she is showing off the work. Okay, very good. Um, I think that's going to be it from there. So here's, let's go to what Clayton has said on the podcast starring Michelle Young. Now, again, this isn't necessarily about Susie, but this is his response. And at the end, I'll share what he said on Instagram about Susie giving him gray hairs still. Season started, you know, like when we did our segment, uh, you came at the beginning of the season, they showed it on like Instagram. Yeah, uh, yeah, they cut it. Yeah, well, they, they did show. I can talk about it because they showed it on Instagram. Yeah, so, I can. Even if they didn't, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. So that that was such a like I was just so excited to see. They cut was, the scene where Michelle Young, uh, <laughs> boy, they're just cutting Michelle out left and right. They cut the scene where Michelle Young coached Clayton on his new season. Like, oh my gosh! Like this is so cool, and I and to see you know I was at Luke and Kelsey, and mm -hmm. um, it was just a really great moment and like an awesome start to the whole experience. But I remember I asked you for advice and I wanted you to like lay out this m manuscript. And I, mm -hmm. I believe the one thing you said is like, just be, you're going to have to find a way to be able to let go of control. And I, I, that was like your, the one thing. And I was like, but what does that mean? You're like, and I think you said something like, you know, you'll, you'll figure that out, what that looks like for you. And now I see it on the other side. I was like, oh my gosh, like I struggled so much because I was trying to control every part of my life. I was trying to control what the public thought about me. I was trying to control my outcome, like of what was going to happen post-show. What am I going to do? And if things did not align and fall into place, then I just went, you know, my, I just, I just panicked and I mm -hmm. became I don't blame them. stressed out. And, um, so losing control. I mean, that's a, that's a real powerful thing to detach from the outcome. You know, you put the work in, do what you can do and say, you know what? I've done my best. The rest is up to fate. The rest is up to the world, how it's supposed to work. You know, this is good for as we lead into 2023 when it comes down to um, giving up control. I mean, you don't, we don't have control. We're flying on this rock through space. We don't have control. What we have is opportunities that come from showing up. Now I look back at it and I just think it's like so cool to see the insight you gave me back then. And now I'm like, oh. Like, yeah, now I'm on the other side of it. Now, like, Michelle, you're... you're, you're should I be sell? Should I be promoting... This isn't a sponsor, by the way, but should I be promoting this to every Bachelor podcaster? Every Bachelor podcaster can have a silky smooth voice just like mine with the uh, $70 purchase plus the microphone, you know, and, oh, jeez. I, I, you know, I just give them this information for free. It makes a lot of sense what you were yeah. saying. And, yeah. and you're right, though. Like, what I did to let go of control was probably different than what you needed to do. But it was the bad, yeah. it was great advice because you can't, the more specific you would have been, 
it probably wouldn't have resonated as hardly as much as it does now. I'll say this about Clayton. I think of all of the Bachelor alumni, he might be in one of the best places right now to actually have a podcast, to actually share about all the motivational things he knows from training to be a professional athlete, which comes with hard work, dedication, all those types of things he knows about, to the unknown world of human dynamics playing out in front of an audience. I would actually really, really be interested in a Clayton motivation, self-improvement podcast skirting around Bachelor content. I'm into it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's everyone thinks that, I mean, even life in general, but but to those who are listening who maybe haven't seen the bit, it was- And Michelle, there aren't many. <laughs> I was able to get to speak with Clayton before his season. He was back at the mansion. I remember you were sitting on the couch. You look so overwhelmed. <laughs> I asked producers, like, how is he doing? And they, they're they're all like, eh, he seems a little overwhelmed, but And I that's ha- why they wanted him. They wanted someone overwhelmed that they could control. I had two of my students with me, Kelsey and Luke, and we gotta go in and kind of just sit down with him and talk for a little bit and, and give him advice. And that that's the thing is that you walk in and you do, you want this blueprint. You want this blueprint for how it's gonna go. You want this blueprint for I just got coffee in my eye for all the podcast listeners. That's a new way to get caffeine in the morning. Did you drink all that coffee? No, I just, you know, I chugged it. Even like your day-to-day life, all of us do as humans want control, but but it really is. It's like not one size fits all. I couldn't give you a piece of advice that was going to be exactly the same for you that it was for me. And truly being able to just be vulnerable as you clearly have become so vulnerable and willing to put yourself out there, whether it's in your book, whether it's talking on social media, every opening up about your mental health, mental health in general relationships. If you're able to let control or let go of the control of the things that you don't have. You know, my mom says, let go and let God, but it's a good thing. Let go and let God. God can be your God. It can be Allah, Krishna, Buddha. It can be the whole, the full moon, whole foods. I don't know what the hell you're, I could be your God for God's sake. Okay. I doesn't, the point is, is let go and let the world transpire to help you. And as Albert Einstein said, one of my favorite quotes, you need to decide you live in a friendly world or an unfriendly world. And if you live in a friendly world, the world will conspire to become your friend and help you with whatever opportunities you pursue. That is some sage advice I'd like to pass on to everyone out there, not just to Clayton as 2023 approaches. Well, another successful podcast is in the books. That's it for me. I hope you had a nice, safe drive home. Maybe you're going to get some takeouts. Maybe you're going to go wrap some presents. Maybe you're going to go, I don't know, see what Santa Claus is up to. Get 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 whatever kinks you have filled, if you're still listening at this point, whatever they may be. All right. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. I've been Dave Neal, and this has been Bachelor Rush Hour.